Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. Hi. Oh my gosh. You're back. We're back. We're all back. <laughs> How back. is everyone? The band, the band is back together. Yeah. Love it. Um, we have a new series for you so all. So excited. We're getting dark uh, tonight. We, we're going real dark. We're going real dark. Um, we're going like 1800s dark. <laughs> That's like real. That actually made like an actual scene in my brain when you said <laughs> 1800s dark. Like I had a yeah. specific set in mind, like exactly what that means. <laughs> um, we are talking about for the next few episodes, famous trials, and this first one. This first one's a doozy. It is pretty much, like, just dark. So this is going to be another kind of combo episode. Um, where I like when you called it a duet. <laughs> it is. It's a duet. If you don't know, Liz and I already share a brain. That's, like, our thing. And um, I feel like a duet is perfect for an episode, right? It's, like, it just, like, she literally did research ended her research and I just finished the research and didn't yeah. even look what she had and it just picked it right up just like yeah it makes so much like it's insane um yeah and, no I'm I'm excited because I think like everybody knows who knows us anyways if you're new hi welcome uh we love true crime right which often involves trials so yeah. um you know, we like learning about the legalese, the law, the yes. justice system. <laughs> it's just, it's like never ending, which is like the craziest part about it. If you love true crime, like there is no ending to the amount of research you can do, which is super sad, but yeah, it's exactly. really interesting and never ending. So just the amount of podcasts on true crime is oh a God. very, very sad thing that there's just plenty of episodes to go around. <laughs> crazy but it's so good it's so good um so we decided to do kind of like a famous dark trial if you will a tr definite true crime classic mm -hmm. um an american like classic an american classic that's right an american and murder story <laughs> yes yes uh, but we are going to branch out so if you're like, oh my God, are you all just talking about like American things, white American things? We are branching out. We have plans, so sit tight. Um, yeah, it's just kind of how the how the cards fell in grouping with our first, yeah, you know, ones. Yeah. But we do have lots of plans to definitely diversify. Yeah, and our if stories. you guys have any any ideas for us, any options that we could, you know, look into. We always love finding, you know, new, interesting things about whatever. Anything famous, a famous whatever. Um, you can contact us. Probably the best way is through direct message on Instagram. And we are at Famous Kate and Liz. Kate with a C. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. um, so just message us there. And that's probably the best way. But we do also have a Gmail account. And what is our Gmail account, Liz? It's exactly the same. It's famouskateandliz at gmail.com. Kate with a C. 
and A-N-D spelled out, you know. So Famous Kate and Liz, that's all you need to remember on Instagram or Gmail. Send us your ideas. We want to, um, you know, we have tons of different series planned that we want to look into. And the list is kind of like never ending. So just le- we'll add it to the list. We will add it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we need new ideas. Like, I feel like when you listen to and are so like into true crime, like it's the same few things like over and over you know so like that's what you think of I need to like really dig into my old mom brain <laughs> like this soup every once in a while you'll hear a podcast about like the craziest shit that's ever happened but it's so obscure and you're just like mind is blowing the whole time but then you know 10 minutes later, you forget completely any detail about anything that just happened. <laughs> if you're that anything like me. Blessing and the curse of a podcast, I feel like. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like yeah, half the time I'm like, what did I just listen to? That was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So um, we're in it. We are in it this week. Why don't you tell our little muffin babies what... Um, we're going to be covering this week muffin babies that's now our official fan name (laughs) muffin babies (laughs) our little muffin babies (laughs) okay well kate and muffin babies what do you think of when i say lizzie borden oh my god well (laughs) we know there's a little schoolhouse rhyme Mm -hmm. should we say it for the people (laughs) oh my god okay Oh my god. I want to do it in like super creepy voice, like like um a reenactment of like a schoolyard, two schoolyard girls from the eighteen hundreds, like like doing jump rope, you know, like twirling a rope, just staring at you with their dead eyes. That's way too specific. <laughs> it's what I'm seeing. I'm having like legit visions right now. Okay, let's say it in our creepiest voice. Ready? One, two, three. Lizzie Borden. And one word of what we said the nursery rhyme goes Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done she gave her father 41 and I think everybody knows that that's like it's a classic it's an instant classic also that whole time I felt like I was Conan O'Brien when he does his like creepy old-timey voice (laughs) exactly what we sounded like anywho um okay yeah that's classic classic I think of Fall River right Right. so you're in Massachusetts that's where you live and Fall River is in Massachusetts how far away is Fall River from you okay like two hours probably more Rhode Island yes yeah it's that little dippy down part but not the Cape yeah I used to work with this girl in college and I thought she was from Fall River and she just always sounded like um Family Guy (laughs) 
<laughs> That's amazing. Well, that is where the thick accents come from. Right, right. That Rhode Island, Massachusetts border. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's where my mom's whole family is from. Not Fall River, but like right in that same area. And they all had like, you know, that classic Massachusetts accent, um, which I loved hearing. But um, not close to it. Have never been. Mm, would, gotta would go like now. To through. I'd like to drive through. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to go. I mean, I think I've never been either. Um, and you know, Massachusetts just has all the great spooky history. So like, I'd like to go and I, you know, this story is very big still, I think to this day in fall river, you know? Um, so oh, it has to be, yeah, it has to be. I mean, there's Salem and there's fall river. Yeah. Like those are the horrific historical places. Yeah. You want to go see like, persecution of women upfront and personal <laughs> go there <laughs> if that's what your interests include please go yeah and send us a postcard um okay so that's pretty much what i know the nursery rhyme fall river um i'd say that's what really comes to mind Okay. Yeah. I mean, same for me. So why don't we just get into it with like the who's who's I'll kind of go through, um, the family, the Borden family, and then you can, um, get us into the infamous crime and trial itself. So who are the characters? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. The Borden family. So Lizzie Andrew Borden was born July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts to Sarah and Andrew Borden. Um, so she has her father's first name as her middle name. That's the middle name. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like that's making a comeback. Yeah, I've also seen her as Lizzie Drew Borden, which is more chic, I oh, think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely for a socialite. I'm, I'm yeah. vibing with that. I'm vibing with that. Okay. So not very long after, um, you know, when she was young, her mother died. Her mother, Sarah, died. And Andrew remarried three years later to a woman named Abby Durfee Gray. Um, And she was the stepmother to Lizzie and Emma. Um, Emma was Lizzie's older sister. They also had a sister who died when she was like two years old, too. So I believe there was like three sisters. Don't know how or anything like that, but um, and the family was pretty well off. Um, Andrew, the father, was successful in manufacturing and real estate development, and he supported his wife and his two daughters, and also employed servants in their home. Um, and um, Lizzie and Emma lived with their father and mother or stepmother into adulthood. They were kind of like considered spinsters. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh so like I think at the time of the murders Lizzie was like in her 30s and Emma was maybe like nine years older than her so you know single ladies still living at home and I'm sure there's a lot of gossip and whatnot (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) little fun fact about Andrew that I got into in my little research um his like the most successful thing he did was manufacture coffins 
Yes, I read that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a little, I don't know if you're going to say anything more about that. Um, I don't know if I put that in here, but yeah, I did see that too. <laughs> a little just weird, morbid fun fact for you. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, let's get into it. You know, Andrew, that's a perfect segue. Um, despite his wealth, he was known for his frugality and being kind of cheap. Um, he, you know, like wasn't really up with the times, didn't want to spend money on things that, you know, others might consider a necessity or a luxury. So the board and home actually didn't have indoor plumbing, even though that was a common accommodation for wealthy people at that time. It's not like, Interesting. it's not like, you know, it was uncommon for people of their statue to have that. And they lived in an affluent area with like wealthy residents, you know, around them. So you know, if it was today, people would be like, they're violating HOA. <laughs> Do not start with the HOA. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. 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 So, you know, that was unusual. They lived in this part of town that was very fashionable called The Hill. Um, and it was like further away from the industrial area of the city. Um, so, yeah. Lizzie and Emma had this religious upbringing. Their father, Andrew, was known for being very religious. They attended Central Congregational Church. And um, as a young woman, Lizzie was pretty involved in church activities. And she even, even ended up teaching Sunday school to children of recent immigrants to the United States. Oh, God's work. Doing yeah. God's work. Okay. Exactly. But like I said, she was considered like a spinster. You know, she was edging near 40 and um she hated this title that like society bestowed on her right you know she despised being known as that um uh, yeah and, <laughs> right yeah <laughs> really like, blame her there the, freaking joys the children are like. making nursery rhymes about you yeah. okay <laughs> I think you would uh be ready to move on from that. <laughs> exactly. My God. So she also, um, she also allegedly hated like this religion that her father was forcing upon her or that she felt like he was oh, forcing upon cool. the family. So despite her, you know, teaching Sunday school and everything, she didn't really like spending Sunday mornings with people who didn't like her and whom she didn't like, you know, just so because what you're saying, I think what you're saying is that she was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there we go. Lizzie Borden was a witch. Yep. And yep. settled. <laughs> no, totally. So she's like, I know these people don't like me, you know, I don't like them either. So we see each other and I don't want to go there, but I know it's crazy that she never moved. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she just stayed there forever. And yeah, this is all even before the crimes, you know, she's kind of got right. this reputation in town. And um, but her father said that if they she didn't, you know, participate in church and religion, he would withhold money from his daughters. Um, you know, if they ended up not going. So that yeah. money is kind of like a we'll yeah, there's definitely back. a definite bad relationship there between the father and the daughters and money. It's like, mm -hmm. I feel like there's like a toxic thing happening. Totally. Somewhere. Yeah. And I, I also read that she really wanted to like promote social justice, you know, and she, like we said, she worked mm -hmm. with immigrants and whatnot, but her father 
was really against that and would like hear none of it. Um, he liked the way things were, were, you know, and wanted nothing to change. So, you know, Lizzie was maybe trying to change the world or fall river at least a little bit. Um, but she was big into the temperance movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But she was like very much, you know, under his control, I think because of that money, right. You know, especially at that Mm -hmm. time, if you're not married to another man, and you're not really like, oh my God, yeah, what are you even doing with your life? You can't work pretty much, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God, yeah. So that was, that was definitely frowned upon just being like a single woman of that age. It's, it's like basically like, what's wrong with you? Well, and I feel like, so this is interesting, like I feel, and we'll get into it more. There's all these rumors about Lizzie Borden, but I don't, I didn't really find rumors about her sister and her sister's like older than her and living at home yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe, maybe there were, it's just not as like, you know, passed on and well known about, but um, yeah, it seemed to be, if you do any sort of research about this time period, it does seem like only some women are looked down upon Mm. for because you hear about like famous women in history who never married, never had kids. And, but they were kind of like celebrated even in that time. Right. So I wonder if it's just based upon like where you live and, you know, and the religion too, I think, you know, and like, she's talking a lot about how a lot of what she, what she felt as negative was coming from the religion that was forced on her, you know, in that whatever one, you know, community she was part of. Right. Um, so yeah. So then there's another person who is a member of the household, but not the family. And that is Bridget Sullivan. And she is the Borden's Irish maid. Um, not too much about the, yeah. Top of the morning to bridge. Is that Irish? I meant not British. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, potatoes, potatoes for ya. <laughs> Me lucky charms. <laughs> no, you did not. How the lucky charms guy not been canceled yet? <laughs> Is it because he's white? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Good question. Digging. Let's oh cancel god. lucky the lucky charms leprechaun. <laughs> anyways okay sorry Bridget um and I know she does like testify at the trial and she was you know there the night of the murders I believe but um Bridget was a 25 year old Irish immigrant um she and her friend Minnie Green came to the U.S. together and at that time Minnie headed for the mining camps in Montana because I guess she thought the prospects were better there and Bridget chose to stay closer to the ocean um where she you know with, ended up in Fall River and eventually working for yeah. the Borden family. She uh, was like, um, I'm done. I just crossed the Atlantic. My yeah. ass is staying here. I'm <laughs> not why would you be like, mind. yeah, let me go on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Montana, never heard of it. <laughs> never. Still have never heard of it. Does anyone live there? I don't yeah. think so. Doesn't Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore live there? Celebrities, like all the celebrities, go to Montana now. (laughs) Isn't that where Kim and Kanye's new place is? I think they're there, Wyoming, but same same thing. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's all the same. It's all the same. Okay, sorry. I think it should be noted too that I'm drinking wine right now. So, (laughs) 
Nice. No, we love it. Just so you know, that's my excuse. Well, yeah. So Bridget was, you know, a servant. And I don't know why they did this, but I, in the podcast, I listened to a podcast as part of this research. They just kind of made it seem like Lizzie and Emma were kind of mean to Bridget. And they would call her Maggie, even though that wasn't her name. But I think because she was Irish. Is that racist? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like everyone from Ireland's name like, is Maggie. Maggie. Yeah. So you're just Maggie. Like, they didn't bother to oh call my her God. Well, the name. father, um, apparently the father was, like, a real dick to all the workers and everything. Yeah. And I even have something at the end about Bridget and the father. So if the oh, father okay. being a dick to all the workers, I'm sure the girls learned that from him, you know? Yeah. So, like, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Poor Bridget, Maggie, whatever. Um and yeah, like after the murders, Bridget told her friend uh, Minnie that she was going to go back to Ireland and purchase a small farm. Um, but that turned out not to be what she wanted. And she came back to the United States. So like she just loves crossing the ocean. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> after, after the murders and everything? Yeah. She went back to Ireland, tried to like run a small farm, purchase a small farm, didn't like it, came back to the U.S. then and joined her friend in Montana and then... Um, got married and died at age 66, never discussing the infamous case ever again. Oh, wow. And she's huh. the smartest one of them all. <laughs> yeah, just a little info on Bridget. We gotta give a shout out to Bridget. Okay. I'm sorry. Hey, Bridget. Culture. <laughs> okay, Maggie. Um, all right, interesting, okay. interesting. So, okay. So then now we gotta get it into Abby, the stepmother, right? And this really kind of leads up to the tension that leads up to the murders. Um, so like I mentioned before, um, I think that the Borden sisters didn't really like their stepmother. They felt like their father married too quickly. They thought that she only married their father for money. Um, and they would call her Mrs. Borden instead of like Abby or mom or anything, <laughs> you know. These sisters were literally... 1800s trolling like totally about it. if they were in today's world they would just be known as like internet trolls right cold just like ice. hiding behind yeah cold as a fucking ice but it, think about it at the time there's no social media nothing so you just had to be mean to like people's faces without even fucking caring I right? know you gotta be like okay Mrs. Borden you're not my real mom I'm fucking in my 30s <laughs> by the way <laughs> And she's probably like, oh, my God, will these girls fucking leave this house already? Yeah. yeah. Kick your daughters out. <laughs> yes. Oh, that must have been a real fun, fun household. No indoor plumbing and just, like, tension right. oh, all the my time. Cheap. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, tension had been growing, um, you know, and it, it definitely revolved around money and um, – in the week leading up to the murders, Andrew had, um, I kind of, it all boiled over because Andrew had given gifts of real estate, um, to different members of Abby's family, yet mm. he never really gave anything to his daughters. Like they helped him manage rental properties, but like he was just giving his new wife's family property to live at. Right. So then it's like, did he want them to live with him forever or... Right. Like, what's actually happening there? 
this whole family is crazy. Very good point. Very good point. Um, and so after their stepmother's sister received a house, Emma and Lizzie demanded from their father that they also get a rental property. Um, so he did give them one and they live there until, um, Oh, it says they live there. I think that's wrong. Anyways, <laughs> so they, they um he did give them one while they purchased it for a dollar, actually. So, you know, basically he made it a transaction. Yeah, right. And a few weeks Very before the murders, they sold the property back to their father for five thousand dollars. So they made a profit. <laughs> I don't Damn, okay. So they were businesswomen. I guess like you made such a big fit about getting this property and now you're selling it back. Whatever. <laughs> well, and right before the murders, that's suspicious. Like they wanted to get money from it and they knew mm-hmm. because he was, he was supposedly like really overly generous with the daughters, but also could be very strict and frugal. Like you were saying before. Yeah. Um, and I think so, people in town didn't really like him either. I think he did have a lot of enemies, just like yes, he, he seemed, was just disgruntled man, you know? Yes, yes. He was the stereotypical disgruntled, wealthy man, cheap ass, wealthy <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> but may, maybe he was just like, fuck money, you know? Whatever. I mean, money is the root of all evil. I mean, we know we've heard it all the time with the lottery winners. Mm-hmm. That just it's just too much too fast. Like, did this man get a lot of money at once? What what is his deal with money? Because yeah, and especially like blended family too. You know, like these girls, his daughters. They're not girls or women. Like you know, they felt like they might have kind of were entitled to something, you know, and then now they're seeing him. Yeah. Oh, the whole and, dynamic of it. And, and who knows the relationship of Andrew and the daughters, because right. that seems real weird too. I'm just right. So something else weird in like the months leading up to the murders in May, 1892, Andrew had killed multiple pigeons in his barn with a hatchet. Um, because he believed that they were attracting local children to hunt them. So it's the pigeons fault that they're being hunted by local children. So he killed the pigeons. Oh Uh, my God. Well, and Lizzie had built a roost for the pigeons because she was liking the pigeons, I guess. And she became very upset over her father killing the pigeons she's like mike tyson on the top (laughs) of like a new york city high rise with the pigeon coop (laughs) yeah so she like her yeah um so that made her angry then there was another argument in july she was like you're gonna fucking kill my pigeons with an axe i'll kill you with an axe there you go there you go should not laugh at that but (laughs) I mean, there's we'll so many predictions here. There's so yeah. many motives. Okay. Totally. Um, and so she, okay, so also in July of 1892, there was another big fight that prompted both sisters, Lizzie and Emma, to take extended vacations in New Bedford. Um, and then, like, a week before 
the murders when Lizzie was back from the vacation, she chose to stay in a local like rooming house for four days before moving back into the family oh, residence. Oh my so. God, wait a minute. Okay. That's crazy. Okay, sorry. I'm going to tie that into one of these rumors <laughs> at the end. Sorry. Okay, yeah. No, so she obviously was keeping her distance there had been a falling out she didn't really she didn't come back she wasn't rushing to move back in you know with her family by any means um and this could have been another reason why several days before the murders the entire household had been violently ill um a family friend later speculated that it had been mutton that was left on the stove to use for meals over several days because also because andrew was so cheap a lot of times he would force them to eat bad food and bad meat so they thought that that could have been like the cause of it but Abby thought that maybe someone had tried to poison um Andrew and the family because he just wasn't a very popular man in town you know Hmm. but it's probably food poisoning yeah Hmm. um and then the night before the murders John Vinicum Morse, who is the brother of Lizzie and Emma's deceased mother, so their biological maternal uncle, visited um, the family and stayed for a few days to discuss business matters with Andrew. And some historians have speculated that their conversation um, about property and money may have like aggravated what was already a tense situation between the daughters and Mm. right and he comes back and acts murders him because (laughs) went wrong I mean I could imagine if someone from this family who you know also had money and they were like oh Andrew's got a lot of money too let me go talk to him and we'll maybe he can help me out with this business venture you know people once they get money they want more money and more money and you know like that definitely has led to murder. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the main the time. murders. Like, yeah, I mean, money is one of the main causes of murder. So, yeah, I mean, so tense family situation, tense financial situations all happening in this house. That leads us to the day of the murder. <laughs> murder. The murder. Um, welcome to Murder Corner. <laughs> I'm your host. Get Kate. into it. okay so here we go with the murder so on the morning oh and I took this like from an actual biography.com article most of it I mean you know biography.com and wikipedia for like pretty much everything in here (laughs) yeah pretty much they made this podcast um okay so on the morning of August 4th 1892, the lifeless bodies of Andrew and Abby were found in their home. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Lizzie, Andrew, Abby, and the Borden's Irish maid, Bridget, were the only people known to have been in the house at the time of the murders. Andrew was napping on a couch, as one does. Um, Abby was cleaning an upstairs bedroom. And Bridget, feeling unwell... Probably from that old mutton food, yeah. <laughs> she was resting in her room. Um, so, and and I did look at the crime scene photo of Andrew. Ooh. It just came up, and I had to look at oh, it. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, like his body is just like perfectly dressed in his 1860s 
garb, you know, and then his face just smashed. I know. <laughs> I I don't want to look, sorry. <laughs> you can carry that burden with you. Yeah, no, I didn't look at anything else, but I was like, oh no. Because <laughs> it's everything's so perfect except for like the head, you know, it's very it's kind of yeah. creepy too. You know, it's not it's definitely overkill. Like Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's mask. very messy. Okay, anyways, you're gonna get into it. Just had to say I I did that to okay. myself. Oh no. Oh, shame. Shame. <laughs> oh, okay. So around 11:30 a.m., Bridget said she heard screams and rushed downstairs where she found Lizzie yelling that Andrew had been killed. He had been so viciously attacked that his face was nearly unrecognizable. Liz can tell us. Yep. <laughs> from her own accounts. Um, Bridget and a family friend soon found Abby's body upstairs. While their wounds were brutal, neither received the 40 and 41 wax described in the nursery rhyme. Um, so that's like exaggerated urban legend. Yeah. Um, so Andrew was struck 11 times and Abby received 18 or 19 blows. But so I'd say more anger not, went out. Yeah. Well, not 40. Yeah, but it's, it's like overkill. Yeah. Exactly. It's like in the Bible when they say like three bajillion, but that really means like, you know, seven or something. But and I also <laughs> right? think like, it's interesting because we know, or anyone who watches like a lot of true crime stuff knows, like overkill is usually done by someone who's close to the dead Oh my person. god, yeah. Like they yeah, have an intimate that is a personal in, exactly, yeah. exactly. It is personal and overkill and like there is passion there so it's not just somebody like you're trying to rob for a few bucks you know to get your fucking 18th century drugs down the street I don't know what did they even have opium was that yeah. that time I don't know go buy opium, opium pipe <laughs> yeah go stop at the opium den on your way to fucking lunch I don't know tea and crumpets they probably did that um okay so despite Lizzie's attempts to deflect suspicion away from her she soon became the prime suspect so Lizzie told police that she had been in the barn when she'd heard noises coming from the house but her conflicting testimony basically throughout the entire investigation somehow led many people to doubt her claims of innocence. I don't know how. She's like, let me tell a different story every single time. Yeah. What? You don't believe me? Huh? It, it was only she and Bridget uh, there, you know, too. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, you're out in the barn, and this crazy attack happens. And, like, yes, you heard some yelling, but, like, I don't know. It's just too crazy and bloody. Like that would not be over quickly where someone would just like jump in, murder a couple people and jump out and be on their way. Like this takes time to do like 11 to 19 blows, you know, with an ax. And then not to mention an insane, crazy person running out of your house, drenched in blood, like with an ax running away from the crime scene. Like somebody would have seen that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay, blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, she was arrested for the double murder. Um, and she was actually held in jail for almost a year. Oh, wow. Before the that trial like began. A yeah. trial. 
Yeah. Yeah. Was the Constitution there yet? What's happening? I'm going to say, like, right now, I think she's guilty, but I also have some secret respect for Lizzie Gordon. (laughs) Secret respect. I think she's secretly respect everyone. With everyone that we do, we cover on this podcast, I think. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like a love-hate relationship. But, like, in a lot of ways, she kind of was a trailblazer, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, basically, this is unsolved, and you can be the judge of it. Because we really don't know. Um, like, okay, so else, come on, it wasn't my yeah. girl Bridge. <laughs> Bridget, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's in the. You know, what Bridget's mouth. murdering um, anyone. So- it's the people who've been calling her Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's the daughters. She's like, fuck this. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. So after nearly a year in jail. Lizzie's trial began at the New Bedford Superior Court in June 1893. Um, She hired a talented defense defense team, including a former Massachusetts governor. Uh, During the trial, they chipped away at the prosecution's case. In an era before more sophisticated forensic testing, the defense noted the lack of physical evidence linking Lizzie to the murders. So their big thing was like, there's literally no evidence. Yeah, it must be nice to be in a time when there's no way to collect evidence. (laughs) Yeah, I know. DNA, never heard of it. (laughs) Fingerprints even, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God. So simple. It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. Um, Okay, so they also played the gender card, arguing to the all-male jury because women were not allowed to sit on mm-hmm. juries at the time <laughs> that was forbidden oh god i need a fan <laughs> I need a paper fan yes um so the the jury was all male and they were basically like oh my god this well-liked churchgoer could not possibly be capable of committing such a heinous act a fragile um, feminine woman. Yes, a flower. She was a flower. I mean, I'm telling you, this is like the original, like to the max, getting out of a speeding ticket because you're a woman. <laughs> like, I know, and she wasn't even like good looking. I don't like to talk about people's appearances, but she's got the crazy eyes, like yes! very intense eyes. Stop it. <laughs> Elizabeth, stop it. That's exactly <laughs> Look what her I was going to say. No, I was yeah. just going to say, you know, people have sometimes crazy eyes and they can't help it, right? But this woman has crazy eyes, yeah. right? No, yeah. she doesn't. Like, okay. even in the old timey photos, it shines through. <laughs> yeah, give her a goog. And it's true. We don't like, we don't want to like, you know, judge anybody by their appearance, especially like you can't help literally what you naturally look like. Um, but yeah, it's not like, you know, pulling your shirt down and showing some cleavage. Because yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, but I although think- what was the what was the like comparable thing to that time? I don't know. Maybe she had it. So short showing little her ankle. Her, her ankle. <laughs> she showed her ankle to the jury. They couldn't possibly handle it. 
Well, um, I also did read, I think, that um, the cops were kind of disturbed by her demeanor. Like, you know, today we know that people like, grieve in different ways or handle shock in different ways. But, like, she was um, just not openly, like, grieving, I think. And the cops found that very strange. Oh, right. Like, she kind of had yeah. this. I don't like that. I don't like that. When mm-hmm. I, um, no, I don't like that either. Because I think we know now, like, yeah, that not right. everybody acts the same way in, the, in like, tragic situations, you know. But that's, like, literally never know until it happens. And then next thing you know, you're, like, on trial for murdering right. someone because you didn't grieve properly. Yeah. yeah. It's not fair. Or not fair. Okay. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, Lizzie may have helped matters in that regard when she fainted in the courtroom upon seeing plaster casts of Abby and Andrew's butchered skulls presented as evidence. So, you know, they were saying, oh, she's playing it up because she's a woman. She fainted when she saw these. I don't know. This article said that it was plaster casts. And I believe biography.com over any other uh, website. So, but I did hear that they were like their actual heads. Okay, I, don't. I think they saved the heads. I think they did save the heads. I don't know if that's what they presented in the trial, well, see, but I think but from the autopsy, I read that too, yeah. Because when I, I read one thing that was like, they presented the decapitated heads as mm-hmm. evidence in the courtroom, but this biography.com article says that it was just plaster casts. Yeah, that makes head. more sense. Like, I think, I mean, it's a year later. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to have to preserve that. and Yeah, exactly. And then they would have had to rebury the heads because they're Christian. You know, like, it would be a whole thing about, like, religion. I don't know. Um, okay, so that just goes to show uh, all the things I read, like, there was a lot of differing, you know, quote unquote facts about the case so who really knows but um the prosecution on the other hand called a number of people close to lizzie to testify about her unusual behavior in the weeks preceding the murder including lizzie's burning of a dress shortly after the murders suspicious and well (laughs) yeah yeah she said she claimed that it was because there was like paint stained on her dress yeah there's um, paint on her dress but like where was the paint anywhere else and what had you just painted and you know like it's not like there was like a the house was being half painted or anything like that she just kind of like yeah. her, her friend came over and she's like oh I gotta get rid of this dress and burn it because there's paint all over it and her friend was like yeah. I don't think that's a great idea because you're on trial for murder so <laughs> <laughs> you should probably not she like just stood at the stove and burnt her dress like, mm, I don't know. In the podcast I listened to, I don't know if this is true, but I think they did say it was, like, red paint. But I'm like, I don't, you know. Oh, God. Well, yeah. No one saw, you know, besides Lizzie and her friends. Who knows, you know. Right, 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 right. Um, So they also presented a hatchet with its handle broken off as the possible murder weapon. Um, And they also tried to establish a motive hinting at the difficult relationship between Lizzie and her parents and noting that Lizzie was in line to inherit part of Andrew's fortune estimated at more than 8 million in today's money. Oh damn. So, 
that's a good chunk of change to have. So they're saying money's the motive, classic case. Um, that's our, and that, that's what we're going to say. That would make sense for why Abby was killed too, I think. Because for one thing for me, I'm like, if people hated Andrew, why kill both of them? You know, if they had nothing against Abby. But if it right. was an inheritance Unless thing. You, exactly, exactly. Because yeah, she's yeah. probably going to get a lot of his money. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the wife would get all the money, and then you'd have to sit around and wait till she died, you know? Yeah. So it that does add to the suspicion, definitely, that they were both killed. Um, interesting little fun fact, a store clerk testified that Lizzie had tried to purchase cyanide from his drugstore one day before the killings, which obviously cyanide would be a lot less messy than axing someone well and that's so interesting too because i feel like those are two very different types of ways to kill people and rage and you know all that (laughs) yeah definitely but after she couldn't get the cyanide she was probably like well i guess i'm gonna have to use an axe you know (laughs) like if this if she's the one that did it you know if if you're so pissed off and there's no cyanide available you resort to using an axe, you are pissed. <laughs> it's the 1860s. Like, yeah. your options are limited. <laughs> Damn. It's the 1890s. Oh. <laughs> the 90s. But whatever, it doesn't matter. It's it's the same The turn thing of the century. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing changed between, like, 1850 and 1910, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um... Oh, the judge about the cyanide thing. The judge, though, would later declare this evidence inconsequential and inadmissible as evidence in court. Um, And then as for the possible murder weapon, in the family basement, police uncovered two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head with a broken handle. This broken hatchet took center stage as a suspected murder weapon. The break in the handle was fresh and the dust on its head appeared to have been deliberately applied as if to make the hatchet look like it had been untouched, just like the other axes and hatchets. So that's a little interesting fact. Yeah. Uh Um, Lizzie's story. I mean, wait, 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 though. She placed dust on the hatchet edge, but like forgot about all the red paint on her dress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's like number one murder weapon. Oh shit, cops are here. I know, I know. I don't know. I don't know what to believe about this. It's insane. Um, And of course, like I was saying before, Lizzie's story to the cops was infamously erratic. At one point, she claimed to have been reading in the kitchen when her father arrived home, um, not laughing atop the stairs as the maid had claimed, which... um, she she said like during the trial oh andrew came home but the door was jammed and lizzie was standing at the top of the stairs just giggling that he couldn't which, get in the door yeah okay. and that she had already killed abby like in her uh, room yeah i also did hear like about i think um in the podcast i listened to that they said something about like you would have heard Abby's body fall and like hit the ground and like yeah. um 
And like Lizzie didn't like say that she could, she heard any of that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You would have heard something, but Mm -hmm. you know, the maid was there too. So Mm -hmm. she would have heard something too. I don't know. Okay. Um, and the, the house is not that huge. Like Google a picture of it. It's not that huge. Right. Like if there was hatchet, if there was an ax hitting someone's head, you'd hear that in the house. Like there wasn't TVs and radios to like, well, and just like dead weight falling on a, you know, wooden floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd hear some things, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's, don't know. A, okay. that's what is so weird. Like, Lizzie just didn't hear anything, supposedly. You know, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then she claimed she was um, ironing clothes in the dining room. And then she said she was coming down the stairs, um, you know, giggling. Mm-hmm. Like, from just ironing clothes or whatever. So she... She changed her story a ton of times, which does not look good for you if you no. are suspect. <laughs> this no. is yeah. never good. Um, okay. Lizzie did not take the stand in her own defense. The jury adjourned and returned an hour later, but there were reports at the time that they deliberated for 10 minutes. <clears throat> oh my God. They're like, but you just got to hang out for like another 50 minutes to make it seem like we're actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, they're all, like, we're not hanging this woman, right? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, So, after 10 minutes, they found her not guilty on all counts as Lizzie sank to her chair in relief. Oh, my God. As anyone would do if they were found not guilty. But who else Um, would have done it? Like, that's Okay, well, (laughs) we will get into it. We will get into it a little bit. Okay. So, um, although acquitted at trial, Borden remains the prime suspect in her father's and stepmother's murder. Writer Victoria Lincoln proposed in 1967 that Borden might have committed the murders while in some sort of, like, psychopathic state or whatever. I don't know what's, like, politically correct today to say. Um, Obviously, (laughs) there's something psychologically going wrong if you're taking a hatchet to your Yeah. Parents. And this this house just seemed toxic. I mean, anybody yeah. who had visited would say, like, it was weird being there. It was not comfortable being mm-hmm. there. Um, another prominent suggestion was that she was um, physically and sexually abused by her father, which drove her to kill him. Definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um there is little evidence to support this, but um, basically, you know, like at that time, it was like a taboo thing to talk about incest. So yeah, it like it even been brought up in the trial or anything. Exactly, it wouldn't have come out. I mean, this is interesting, but then I also go back to the fact that she was like in her thirties too at this time. You know, and so maybe if the the abuse either continued way like on into adulthood or usually kind of by that point, you might, you know, be able to get out of it. But she was so controlled by him and, you know, had to live there anyways that, you know, I don't know. Right. And maybe she did have just like a psychotic break and she was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm fucking done. Well, she's being abused. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that. Ever hear of the show Snapped? Yeah, exactly. Like Lizzie Borden snapped. Sorry, she should be on 
original snapped OG. Yeah. <laughs> She's the OG snapped. Uh, okay, Lizzie and her older sister Emma briefly returned to the ho- um, house, but soon purchased a 14-room Queen Anne-style home on the hill, which was like the rich part of town, which they named Maplecroft. And the now wealthy sisters lived the life Lizzie had always dreamed of with a large staff of servants and all the modern conveniences of the day. They also built a lavish monument, which they placed at the site of Andrew and Abby's graves. So it's said that that the sisters and especially Lizzie like really mourned the loss of the father. Okay. Um, so they they made sure that he had like this big monument at his grave site, at his grave site and all this and all that. But, but now they're free of him mm-hmm. and able to live. Got a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Lizzie began using the name Elizabeth and um, while she may have Which hoped for like, a fresh start. Not even that different. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lizzie Borden. Are you Lizzie yeah. Borden? <laughs> Yeah. that's your incognito name like no I mean I am an Elizabeth there are so many different names for Elizabeth that you could have gone with you know too yeah yeah I mean really she should have just gone with nostalgia <laughs> nostalgia or was it nostalgic I don't remember um okay Anywho, so she began using the name Elizabeth, and while she may have hoped for a fresh start, Fall River refused to allow her to forget her past. Obviously, obviously, and that's the thing like, you got all the money, but yeah, this is your reputation forever. How happy can your life be? Yeah, so Maplecroft um, became a target for school children who threw objects at the house and regularly pranked and taunted her. Former friends abandoned her, and even fellow church members avoided her, obviously. Um, Newspapers wrote thinly veiled attacks, all but accusing her of getting away with murder. In 1897, Lizzie faced another scandal when she was accused, but not charged, of shoplifting while visiting Rhode Island, leading her to become even more isolated within the walls of Maplecroft. So she's not really living her best life. Um, no, and like shoplifting, like she has money now, you know, so it's more of like an attention probably thing or right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, who's to say what the psychological uh, effects are of being, you know, accused of your father's murder? But yeah. I don't know why she didn't leave. That's oh, I know. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you can't ever really say that about someone. why didn't she just leave? <laughs> it's not always that easy I mean yeah it's like well if she's acquitted why should she have to leave this is her home you know (laughs) but (laughs) um don't want a victim blame if she is a victim I don't know is she a victim is she the murderer I don't know um so Fall River Society may have treated uh Lizzie like a pariah but others were more than willing to take advantage of her generosity an avid theater goer Lizzie began traveling frequently to New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., and elsewhere to shop and attend shows. So it seemed like she would, you know, take these little trips and kind of live vicariously in that life of like, well, when I take trips, maybe she could be more like, I'm just like a woman with money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And she also began throwing lavish parties at Maplecroft for her new friends. So... I don't know. It sounds like a, it sounds like she's one of those like recluse, 
but eccentric. Like a great Gatsby. Yes, kinda, I, I yeah. can't. Yeah, I can't figure her out. Um, Fall River Society may have treated. Oh, I already said that. Among them, um, so among these women who, you know, kind of befriended her, was this woman named Nance O'Neill, which I love the name Nance. <laughs> Nance. Like, yeah. Not Nancy. Nance. No, Nance. Like, <laughs> you're a Nance. I am not a Nance. Like, it's like Nance uh, isn't even short for Nancy. It's the same number of letters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But she was a famous actress um, whom some in the press dubbed the American Bernhardt, which I don't know what that okay. but Like Sandra like, Bernhardt, I think. Like, she's a famous actress back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, well, that's what I think. Like, she's the American version of, like, this uber-famous person, whatever. So Lizzie met Nance in Boston around 1904, and the two uh, quickly became close. Lizzie doted on her, and gossip soon began to spread that the two were having a sexual relationship, though neither woman um, ever commented on the accusations. Some accused Nance of taking advantage of Lizzie's generosity and financial support. So... I mean, I'm kind of loving it for her if she's a lesbian, right? I I mean, I know. Like, I I feel like that to be true. Yeah. Well, in in that day, if you were truly like a legit hardcore spinster, like Mm -hmm. you were either asexual and just did not like because that's a thing, and Mm -hmm. you know, people can just be like whatever, or you were a lesbian or you had different feelings than what was quote unquote normal and you literally could not like come out at that time not even I think no, I mean like it's like it was okay but in yeah. she's a church going woman exactly. that's what I was gonna say yeah it, it like, would be frowned upon probably worse than the fact that she possibly axe murdered her father and yeah right <laughs> yeah I mean she'd have like I feel like in Paris maybe it was more accepted you know at that time yeah. but even then you know um yeah like there was no, no coming out for Lizzie or yeah. but maybe they were man, just yeah. best friends they could have mm-hmm. just been best friends but of course you know everybody's watching her under a microscope. So, oh, well, no, they're either lesbians or this woman's taking advantage of her. It, they can't just be friends. Like, right, you right. know? So um, Emma, who's her her older sister, um, <clears throat> she was basically her closest confidant throughout their lives up until that point. But they grew, well, she grew increasingly frustrated with Lizzie and moved out of Maplecroft in 1905 and later telling a Boston newspaper, the happenings at the French Street house that caused me to leave, I must refuse to talk about. I did not go until conditions became absolutely unbearable. So I don't know what those conditions are. There's no detail on that. Um, I would like Emma to come back. Elaborate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you come back and elaborate on that? um yeah I don't like know, no but really I mean yeah that, maybe she did or if they're having parties you know they're getting wild and loose and crazy and you know it's just yeah but like didn't 
so they never like spoke again though I read after she moved out which is kind of sad because yeah. after everything they went through and the murders and the trial and building this house together and both just being on their own later in life you know like yeah. they needed yeah. each other yeah no they were done so something happened um Nance's friendship with Lizzie ended after just a few years but Lizzie and her staunchest supporter remained estranged for the rest of their lives. Um, so even a few years after Lizzie mm-hmm. lost me, basically. So um, in, let's see, June 1927, at the age of 66, Lizzie Borden died. So basically, she must have lived just alone. I'm imagining at Maplecroft for the rest of her life. Um, And then interestingly enough, her older sister, Emma died basically a little more than a week after Lizzie died. And I would imagine, Ah. you know, she had heard of her sister's passing and just couldn't take it. So, well, I had read, okay. So I believe Lizzie died of pneumonia and then, I was trying to find a lot more information on Emma. There's really not that much out there, but she had had some kind of hip surgery or something to do with her hip right around that time. And I think her death was caused from that, like as a Hmm. result of that. And I was just like, I don't know how this hip, you know, injury is involved, but yeah, like, so just a little tidbit there, nothing, do what you will with that. It's not really important, but... (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, this whole case, like I've been saying the whole time, it's insane. I don't know. Um, the so, like neither sisters, had had kids or ever married, right? Like they yeah, nope, went to their nope. death just by themselves. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, the board and sisters, along with the rest of the family, are buried side by side at the family plot in Oak Grove Cemetery in Fall River. Um, but then I just wanted to touch upon like a couple major unsubstantiated rumors yes please about lizzie okay so there's more kind of you know lesbian rumors about Mm -hmm. lizzie um and some people believe that lizzie borden had a torrid affair with the maid bridget sullivan um, as the story is told, Andrew was furious that his daughter was fraternizing with a member of the house staff. Um, and add on top of it that the affair was with a woman, it was too much for his, you know, Christian heart to take. <laughs> he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine, like, at that time? God, it's yeah. like people still have a problem with it, which is oh, absolutely absurd. Um, but I couldn't even imagine it at that time. So, um, well, and I will say about that, um, just hmm. really quickly, like there is this movie, which I haven't seen, but it's called Lizzie and it has Kristen Stewart and Chloe Sevigny in it. And they are, it's very focused on that potential relationship. Um, and Bridget and, 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 um, Lizzie being together and it's not historically accurate, but like, really blown out kind of blown up and also like there's I guess some scenes that depict that maybe Bridget helped her in the trial which isn't accurate either you know but if you're interested it's called Lizzie and you can go but we don't really know if that could be what happened honestly like 
they were home. They were both the people that were home. Yeah. So I don't think we can rule that out. I don't know. Um, but, but this is saying that his threat of cutting off Lizzie's access to the money, like if she was in this lesbian, you know, having this affair with the maid, the housemaid, the lowly, you know, maid, um, yeah, yeah. It like really angered him. So she turned the tables and called out her father for sleeping with another woman while her, while the stepmother had been away. And then it was just like this huge blowout. Um, Airing and then all the out, dirty laundry. <laughs> out came the hatchet. Out came the hatchet. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's that's like one kind of super rumor mill type thing. But can we rule it out? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, oh, this one's crazy. So there's a possible illegitimate son by the name of William Borden. Um, and that was put forward as he was put forward as the possible culprit in this guy's book, which oh. was called Lizzie Borden, the legend, the truth, the final chapter. And in the theory, William was Andrew's son. And I just wanted to say with what you were saying earlier about Lizzie and the sister taking quote unquote vacations months mm-hmm. at a time time they could have been having Andrew's children oh oh, so this is supposedly Lizzie's child with her dad no that's what I'm saying right 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 now so I was thinking it was like their brother but you're talking about as a result of the abuse like she was pregnant it would be her brother and her son well I get that (laughs) Yeah. Don't make me say it. Yeah. Don't make me say it. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. Yeah, I mean, that's something that happened in those days. Yeah. If you were pregnant and not married, no matter who it was by, you were gone on vacation. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, because she went off, like we said, to New Bedford. Definitely, I, I just feel like she was, well, it seems like she was active in the community. So I feel like people might have speculated or noticed or whatever but you know I don't know it, you, you said know. earlier that she would go yeah. on vacations quote unquote well, and, vacations and that's it was like a blow up with her dad you know this last yeah. one that she went on so and yeah. I mean those postpartum hormones maybe were going crazy oh, too <laughs> so yeah don't get me started. Do not get me started. Um, so I don't know. That's what made me think of it when you said earlier mm-hmm. about the vacation thing. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God, this illegitimate child, William. Or maybe this was with the woman who he had an affair on with Abby. But why would she also kill Abby? Yeah. And we don't know what happened to William Borden. Like, but this guy in his book is alleging that he may have been the one who killed everybody. Yes. Uh, Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, Um, that's why why Lizzie killed the father. Because, like, okay, this is the last time, like, I give birth to a child and, like, have to give it up for adoption or something. Like, we don't know. That's possible. Come on. You watch true crime too, you know. Yeah, no, I and 
Yeah, the way you just said it made me think that maybe this wasn't the only time she did that, too. So, yuck. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Just throwing it out there. Um, And this last rumor is one that I could also totally see happening. In 1992, one author put forward that the maid, Bridget Sullivan, was the culprit. And apparently Sullivan could have snapped in a murderous rage after being ordered to clean the windows on that hot summer day. Because as we know, apparently this was like the hottest day of the year, quote unquote, they say is when this murder happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But she was so enraged after being asked to clean the windows on the hot day, also while recovering from this mysterious illness that had afflicted the house. So, like, just imagine, like, you're laying in bed with, like, flu-like symptoms, already burning hot. I'm pretty sure she lived on the, like, in the attic space. Um, If you've ever been in an attic when it's not even hot out, it's hot in the attic. So, just imagine being in an attic in the hot, hot summer, suffering from flu-like symptoms, and then this dude is like, clean the windows. I'm Maggie. sorry. Windows can wait. Yeah, Maggie, clean the windows. The windows can wait, Andrew. The windows yeah. can wait. The heat will make people do crazy things. We oh, all have heard of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's heard of Florida, right? Yeah, cool. Uh, I mean, okay, this so. is very interesting because, like you said, they were both home, right? You know, um, if, if, if she did, I can theorize and speculate that maybe each one of them killed one, you know, one took one and one took the other or something like that, you yes. know, like, because, Absolutely. because I also think like, how did Andrew not hear his wife being murdered? You know, like there had to be someone to distract him or, you know, they, or it had to happen simultaneously, I feel like. Right. Or they're saying, well, while he was out on a walk. Oh, okay. Like, and then her and then he just didn't know you know like he just went and did whatever like went to a study or whatever and you know then he was killed he thought she was upstairs still yeah right Mm -hmm. exactly so I don't know I don't know people tell us what you think actually happened but so for the legacy um Lizzie Borden's story has been depicted in music radio film theater television podcasts uh everything (laughs) um it's a pretty pretty much a classic go-to true crime story um and today the Borden family home on second street is a popular bed and breakfast um and if you're brave enough you can book a night and stay in one of the most probably haunted rooms like in the country Oh my um, God, would you stay there? Officially... No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I don't think I would I go wouldn't. to it. I'd have a yeah. breakfast at the bed and breakfast, but I would not. I would I eat would there. Do like a tour. Yeah, yeah, I would do like a tour. Would not sleep there. I don't care. What's the point? Why? Yeah. So possibly like a demon could like kill you, <laughs> axe murder you. And no, I'm sorry. It's gotta be haunted. Making the it's gotta be haunted. Like, yeah. there's no way. That's like this is straight up evil, like, you know, everything. So for sure. Yep. But so that is one of like the most officially unsolved murders in American history. 
Yeah. I mean, exactly. If she didn't do it, then there was a murderer out on the loose. But like, I say guilty. What do you say? Do you think Lizzie's guilty or not? I think, I think her and Bridget are together. Conspirators. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I think it, that's what it has to be. I do. I, mean, I don't want it to be true, but you know, it said also like Bridget never spoke about yeah. what happened. So totally. I yeah. I mean, I, I think stick around. Yeah. I was going to say like, we can do some quick, this is kind of dark, but we can do some quick famous awards, but I think <laughs> like biggest comeback for me, I was going to say probably goes to Bridget because she got out you know she went and lived her life in montana got married had kids had a nice life and and never spoke about it again stuck to her guns you know and i was like i'm not gonna be defined by this yep she's the smartest one of them all i agree 100 percent. best comeback yep 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 um you know most memorable i think you know honestly for me it's obviously gotta be the murderers but the thing that i learned that i was surprised about was the pigeons i think (laughs) And, you know, Andrew killing the pigeons and like how much Lizzie loved the pigeons. So, <laughs> yeah, you didn't know Mike Tyson would be circled yeah. in this. <laughs> that guess. was my my most memorable moment. Anything that like stuck out for you that you learned that you didn't know before? Um, well, I just thought it was crazy about the pharmacist who was like she tried yes. to get cyanide like he testified in court about it. And yeah. I don't think that should have been, um, you know, stricken from the record. No. I think that's I think that's premeditation. <laughs> yeah, that seems more than coincidental to me. But yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and hottest mess. I guess. I mean, oh, Lizzie, Lizzie, right? Lizzie. <laughs> Look at the eyes, yeah. people. Look She's her got in the, the crazy eyes. eyes. Sorry. We hate to say it, but she does. It's the first thing I thought of, and I really do. Like, if someone had, like, serious, like, for real, like, bug eyes, and you could tell they just, like, couldn't help it, I would just think, that's fine. Like, no big deal. No. Her eyes, there's craziness behind them. Yeah. Like, you can tell. Yeah. It's not just the same. And we don't know, like, you know, back in the day, mental illness wasn't talked about either, you know, so nobody (gasps) knows. And that's, like, the craziest thing. But... I mean, I think Americans, like, love murder and true crime and have always been fascinated with this. So it's just, like, a lot of us are just okay with not knowing, you know, because that's also takes some of the fun out of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes it more well-known, I think. So. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that one, that's, like, the OG original famous trial of the century, like, and her getting off is absolutely insane. Yeah. Besides the Salem witch trials, which we're not right. going to do, that is, yeah, pretty OG. Um, and we'll be back next week with, I don't know which one of us is going to do the next famous trial, but you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Yeah, so we'll be back with um, another couple episodes on Famous Trials. And definitely, um, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell a friend, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff for us. And, yeah, I think that's a wrap for this week. Yes, um, we're forever indebted to you. <laughs> See you next oh, what did you week? call everybody? Chubby muffins? Well, oh, baby muffins? Angel muffins? I don't know.
I thought it was like a chubby muffin. <laughs> Probably. My little Bye, chubby muffins. muffins. <laughs> Bye. Bye.